Computers taking over the world, using only data to control the world's most dangerous monsters. It's Invasion of Astro Monster. Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast, where we're trying our best to stay alive. Joining me, as always, the three-headed Ghidorah himself, Eric Neely. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, I think you're just calling me any character from the movie that we're currently watching, right? Yes. You just just choose a random character, and that's what you refer to me as. Is Is this your strategy? Yeah, it is. It, it, it's you've caught me. It was very. Uh, it was a well thought out strategy. Yeah, I figured you. I figured you out, man. Yeah, you got me figured out. But you know, I, I do wonder uh, when this film was being advertised. Did they tell the viewers that Ghidorah was in it? Because can you imagine the surprise that would be if they didn't know? Right. Right. <laughs> well, is it wasn't this movie at one point called Godzilla versus Monster Zero? Mon- that is the American title. I got and you. that's the title I grew up thinking it was. Got you. Yeah. But yeah, I, I actually think that this title, Astro Monster, I think leaving Godzilla and Ghidorah's names out of it is probably smart because they're in it so little. Indeed. Which I, I'm sure we'll get into at some point. I heard you saw a monster movie this week though, Alex. I did. I did. I saw It too. Nice. And it was pretty good. Uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of It 1. Like. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite horror movies. And yeah. this one, they're trying to cram a lot into one movie. Right. And it, it works pretty well. Like All the actors' performances are really good. Uh, Pennywise is really good. Everything is really good. It's just like, kind of like, I'm left at the end going, hmm. So does it end, <laughs> spoilers yes. maybe, does it end, I'm it just going to say this, does it end the same way that the first one ended? Like, like you know, like the original It movie. Does it end the same way? The original It movie? Like you know what I'm talking about? The miniseries, yeah. yeah the I never miniseries. saw the miniseries. I can't oh, say. Oh, dude. But from what, I've, from what I've read, <laughs> it, I don't know if the miniseries ended. Oh, wait. Hang on. The It miniseries, I'd say spoiler, it but it's old and no one cares. It ends with like a spider, right? Spider? Yeah, spider. There's not a spider. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's cu- no, there's a spider-like oh. thing, mm. but it is nothing like what See, I have seen. I have seen the that, that part of the miniseries. I was terrified of the original It miniseries as a kid until I watched the end. Like the end, I was like, oh, this is a joke, right? At the very end, it just ruined it for me. But yeah, yeah. what do I know? Yeah, this, 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 the ending of this doesn't ruin it for you. Okay. Good. How about that? Cool. Should we get into it? Yeah. Godzilla, Rodan, and Ghidorah are back for Invasion of Astro Monster, the sixth film of the Godzilla series and the fifth by director Ashiro Honda. Drawing on his previous film, Ghidorah, the Three-Headed Monster, and the Mysterians, Honda combines the monster movie madness of Godzilla while adding new sci-fi elements to the franchise. New features include the Planet X, the Zillions, Flying Saucers, A Cure for Cancer, Clones, Death by Soundwaves, and an American co-star. But are you convinced, Alex? Do the sci-fi elements go too far, not far enough, or do you simply embrace the sci-fi saturation that is Invasion of Astro Monster? If you knew me at all, which some of you listeners might, I obviously am going to be in love with 
full sci-fi Godzilla. This is I, I love weird movies, and this this is weird, much weirder than Ghidorah the Three Headed Monster. Mm-hmm. Like that that was a half <laughs> step towards sci-fi, like full blown sci-fi. But it wasn't a full step. And then this movie, we get the giant leap. Then they they don't take a step; they just start running. You're right. And I think the new direction really works with Godzilla. And you know, we kind of mentioned earlier, but this film is better titled with the Astro Monster title because Godzilla and the rest of the monsters really aren't much of anything. They're they're just in the background, and I really like that about this movie. Uh, but this movie, we get our first introduction to the aliens of, of the, the series. They kind of, they're kind of reoccurring, but they're not a big thing going forward, and they're called the Zillions. And I'm not sure if they're actually called that in the movie or not. I was wondering if I was pronouncing that right, the Zillions. I wasn't sure, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Zillions. And I genuinely love all the space stuff. It's so fun. And it really harkens back to an era where, like, creatively, regarding space, that is, space would be like, especially like the old tar- Star Trek series, space would be this majestic, bizarre, and unsettling place. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like we don't really get a lot of those. They might st- They might pick one of those traits in modern sci-fi, but they don't really pick all of them. And it's really cool to see this really weird, unknown sci-fi that we never really see anymore. I can't even think of the last movie that felt like when they entered the inside of Planet X. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been so long since we've seen a movie like that. I mean, this really does feel like a spinoff of the original Star Trek series. And that was one of the things I loved about that original Star Trek series is everything is just so original and weird and just kind of makes no sense but it's also really creative in ways that we just don't see and even the azillion spaceship okay it's probably the least creative thing about this entire movie is yeah yeah the flying saucer yeah they're just their default right Mm -hmm. they're kind of a copy and paste of what we picture today and they're made of like a a almost see-through plastic where you can it's that white plastic you can kind of see a little bit through tell that it's fake and for me it doesn't take anything away from it because everything else is just so weird not only that but the zillion's abilities are so advanced it makes the everything they do really interesting like they create force fields and pick up godzilla and rodan with no problem they have disintegration rays they have computers that are controlled with their mind i mean this is a really cool world building really but it's not the only thing that this movie has going for it. What did you think of the human element, especially opposed to the Zillions? Well, I thought the human element was pretty interesting, but really, uh, I thought the Zillions were more interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, thought, I thought the computer versus emotion storyline that the Zillions brought to the film, that's one of the more interesting elements to me here. Um, from what I've read, the Zillions seem to be inspired by Honda's previous film, The Mysterians which I'm looking forward to exploring. Maybe we can explore it on this podcast later on. Um, But sticking with the sci-fi elements for just a moment, I think the sci-fi here at times feels naive, like it's pretty simplistic. Um, But while watching this film, I thought of several other sci-fi films that actually came to mind uh, that actually came after Invasion of Astro Monster. We've got the white hallways that Fuji and Glenn navigate in the Zillion's base, that reminded me of the white-colored hallways in 2001, A Space Odyssey. <laughs> You've got the style of the station, 
and and the outfits. This this is the entire style of it. It reminded me of Tarkovsky's Solaris. The Zillion, the guy, the, all of them. The Zillion's wearing the eye guard that looks an awful lot like Jordy LaForge from Star Trek: Next Generation, <laughs> but they ha- kind of had the personality of Data, right? And then there are a few moments when everything goes black um, in their base, except for one light that shines on one or two characters. This reminded me of a more recent sci-fi film, Under the Skin. Now, I'm not saying these films pulled directly and were influenced directly by Invasion. I don't know. Maybe they were. But I I think stylistically, it's just a pretty brilliant style. Um, Does it go off the wall at times? Sure. Does it break its own rules at times? Yes. Could it explore that computer versus emotion storyline that I liked with a little bit more depth? Absolutely. But stylistically, overall, it feels right. Um, but yeah, you're right. The human characters are interesting. What did you think of the human characters? I really liked them. Uh, so we have two main characters in this one. That's the two pilots, Glenn and Fuji, that are actually, I felt like, pretty fleshed out, especially compared mm-hmm. to what we have been getting. Glenn is hands down my favorite character, which I didn't expect. You know, I I didn't, I didn't think Japan would do service to uh, an American actor, you know, American character. And they really do. I mean, I thought for sure, as soon as they land on planet X, I even, it's been a while since I've seen this, but when, when they land on the planet and they start descending from the spaceship, I looked over to my wife and I said, I bet he's going to die in about 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And he makes it until the credits roll. I couldn't believe I it. Thought, I, had, I thought the same thing. I'm like, he's a dead man. He really is. I was like, there's no way they're going to let this guy live. And sure enough, he makes it to the very he, end. He ends up being one of the most like in-depth characters of the film, if not like the most developed character of the film. Right? I couldn't be- <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. Because like, even, even after Planet X, they land on Earth and... Glenn's interesting because they they show him off initially like he's this shallow womanizer is kind of the mm-hmm. vibe that I get, you know, that he keeps mm-hmm. talking about how he's going to go on a date and all this stuff. But it feels like he's just kind of a two-dimensional character. Indeed. Yeah. And he turns out that he's actually a pretty deep guy. He falls in love with a zillion woman that he doesn't know is a zillion yet. Mm-hmm. And then the reveal happens and he is quick to acknowledge that beauty is on the inside and the outside doesn't really matter to him. I was like, well, dang Glenn, like there was, you're not a womanizer, yeah. but you're a romantic. <laughs> yeah. There was a f- funny moment there. I thought when the controller, like he's confronting the controller, he's like, beauty's on the inside. And the controller is like, let's not argue about it. <laughs> just like, let's not argue about it. Let's get back to the point. <laughs> That's how I win all my arguments. I just shut it down right from the beginning. Yeah, let's not argue. <laughs> <laughs> you can't lose if you don't argue back. Exactly. I think Fuji was also a pretty good character. He's a good straight man, a good foil to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't develop the way Glenn does. And also, you know, there's also that inventor subplot. And... I think it's clever kind of how it's implemented, mm-hmm. but I don't think it flows as well as the pilot story. Right. The inventor is in and out of the movie a little too much that we don't really get to know him. Yeah. Overall, though, I really liked the human element of the film. I mean, the, the characters all worked for me and they had to because this isn't a Godzilla movie. This right. was a movie about two worlds in conflict using weapons of mass destruction. And those weapons just happen to be iconic characters. 
they were nothing more than weapons in the film. I mean, it really does portray them that way. And Mm -hmm. it was really cool to see. And it really made the whole universe feel expansive. But what did you think about the monster element? I I liked, there were a couple of really cool stills, a couple of cool shots whenever Godzilla was being like lifted in that bubble. I don't know. There's something about (laughs) it. It was really interesting. It was, it was kind of cool. Like it was just framed in a way that I thought that's pretty neat. Um, But you're right in saying that this isn't a monster movie. Um, They barely appear to be honest. Mm -hmm. And they're used, as you said, as a weapon. I actually think that aspect could have been explored more. Like, uh, what do we think about using creatures as weapons? Of course, this, this film does have the infamous scene of Godzilla jumping, you know, like the jumping celebration after he, you know, destroys Ghidorah, which we'll, we'll also see in the theometer today. But right before the dance, he has this great leaping tackle of Ghidorah, right? I love that tackle. And then later on, back on Earth, he shows off fancy footwork like Apollo <laughs> Creed, right? I'm so glad <laughs> really, you like, noticed that. He, oh, man, he's, he's bobbing, he's bobbing and weaving, and then all of a sudden, he's got the footwork of Apollo Creed, let me tell you. But overall, <laughs> my, my most memorable moment, my most memorable moment was when the humans left Rodan and Godzilla back on Planet X. I actually did feel sorry for them at that moment. Um, I did too. I like, They're just going to be controlled by a supercomputer now, and that sucks. <laughs> and and Glenn made sure Fuji didn't feel sorry for him. He's like, ah, yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> now, what, what did you what did you think of the revelation? And this uh-huh. is probably the biggest part of the movie: the revelation mm-hmm. that Godzilla cuddles his tail like a blankie when he sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it really, it just really. I'm sure you were really able to relate to that moment. That's that's what I'm sure was happening. It didn't do much for me, but but I'm, I'm sure you really felt connected at that moment. It did. I've never felt more connected. What, what, what did you think of, of the monsters overall, Alex? You know, they're brief, but they're fun, uh, which is more than I could say for something like Godzilla vs. Mothra. Because mm-hmm. those are overlong, and I feel like they're pretty boring. But I think it's clear now that Rodan and Godzilla now have a better understanding of Ghidorah's abilities because they whoop him not once, but twice Mm. in this movie. Of course, the first time he was being mind controlled. So we don't know if we can count that one because maybe he was told, maybe he was throwing the match, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) So I I love, like you said, I love that tackle that Godzilla does to Ghidorah just before he flees for the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. And the God, Godzilla celebration is so bizarre and hilarious. <laughs> and maybe it's out of place, but I can't stay bad at it, man. It's hilarious. It's so funny. And I had even, I had even read that apparently Honda hated it. That apparently the pose <laughs> that Godzilla does is a big pose in Japan that they do whenever something is like surprising. That's amazing. It's a pose that they do. And especially back in the, the 60s, this was, it was popular because of a... Uh, manga that was popular at the time nice and the actor of godzilla decided to do (laughs) to do the pose as a dance and honda hated it when it happened but he actually ended up keeping it in for some reason (laughs) i would i I would hate this myself but next time we get to together alex we've got to do a recreation of that scene together (laughs) (laughs) and post it up on our facebook and twitter pages (laughs) just to make just to make sure our audience knows that we are complete fools 
<laughs> Dude, he gets so much air. It's impressive. <laughs> In that suit, it is impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they also make Rodan pretty cool in this one. His design has gotten a bit of a revamp since the last one. He looks a lot better. He was better. Yeah, right? I mean, and there's no puppetry like there was in the previous one mm-hmm. that made him look like a just complete fool. But his team-ups with Godzilla are fun. You know, their battle on Earth is really cool. Yeah. Uh, specifically the moment where Rodan, already knowing what Godzilla wants to do, picks him up and they hurtle towards Ghidorah and they all go off the cliff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then Ghidorah flees once again. I thought the moment was so cool. And, you know, Ghidorah's off flying to the sunset again. Humanity saves. And now humanity's going to have time to think about what they can learn from this series of events. And Eric, <laughs> what did you learn from this series of events? Nice. <laughs> nice transition there. Well, to be honest, from the monster battles, nothing. I learned nothing from the monster battles here. Uh, and, and just in general, like this film, to me, there's not as much to work with thematically. Um, I think Honda takes another shot at human nature and our consumer culture that we have in our society today. I won't go off on a tangent like I did last week, Alex, but uh, I'll keep it brief this week. (laughs) But when Fuji and Glenn, they take the offer of the cure for cancer back to earth and they go to like the council. There's two council men. There's a council man and a council woman who respond. They have completely different takes on how to handle the situation. The first says, Oh yeah, we should take this deal. Maybe we can get even more from them. The second, uh, the councilwoman, she's like, yeah, we definitely need to open up relations to this other world. What could go wrong, right? I think I think both of them are extreme in their irrational responses to this dilemma, but I also think they're just a reflection of how our society works, right? We're either like yeah. throw caution to the wind or where, what can I get out of this situation? You know, it's kind of like right. me, me, me. Both, both situations really are just making us feel better about ourselves. Another thing I really liked is I like this line from Glenn. Glenn says, what kind of peace would it be if we were controlled by machines? To me, this is just a reflection of what's happening right now in our lives. As long as we have technology, as long as we have our machines, who cares about what's happening in the world? Am I right? I like that. I like that, actually. That's a, a pretty interesting takeaway from it i always love when these older movies might have a message in it that's still relevant oh yeah that's kind of what i loved about especially king kong vs godzilla i mean that's so relevant now yeah it's great just this exploitation <laughs> of everything it's uh-huh. wonderful i found something else yeah i agree that their logic was flawed please but fuji and glenn tell me how this connects to pollution again alex like last week all right <laughs> is this going to be another pollution I, takeaway you know what I meant to read more into it uh, <laughs> about Honda's intentions and uh-huh. see if maybe he was <laughs> leaning the way I was, but I didn't get a chance to. So for now, <laughs> Honda and me agree. Okay, I got you. But, you know, I'm with you. Their logic was flawed, but I like that Fuji and Glenn aren't naive like the like that council is. Mm-hmm. They know that there's probably something fishy going on, or at least to not be completely trusting of the salience. Yeah. And to me, I'm trying to look at these films. I've been thinking about it. And what better way to look at the films as a snapshot of Japan in 1965? You know, so the these films all... See- what is that? My bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> what is that? There started, there started to be like a, a recording that was coming on my phone randomly. I was checking the time and then... Uh-huh. You're watching YouTube videos while we record. <laughs> no. I didn't know you are all in, no. Eric. <laughs> 
then my po- my other podcast turned on. I'm not trying to listen to a podcast while we record. No, no, I got I got you. I know. Thanks, Eric. All of our <laughs> listeners know how much you care now. To me, the film actually is an interesting snapshot of Japan uh, in 1965, and that's kind of a really good way to look at a lot of these films. Is you know, this film shows us that the fears of nuclear radiation and annihilation are dying. You know, this is two movies in a row where we really haven't heard anything about nukes or, you know, radiation reviving somebody or anything like that. And the only time nuclear is mentioned is in a positive way. When the zillions manipulate, manipulate it to create those shields around Godzilla and Rodan and take them to their planet. And there's this joint mission between America and Japan. It shows that the relationships between the two countries are mending, if not mended, at the time. But what's really interesting to me is that this seems to have two messages that are the most interesting. Japan is now working with the outside countries, namely America. You know, that that country that dropped two nukes on them already. <laughs> and they are welcoming outsiders back in. But... On the flip side of that, the Zillions represent an outside force that can't be trusted. And they take advantage of that trust. So to me, it sends a message that Japan, while welcoming others, should always be wary of an outsider's intentions. Which would make sense because, I mean, Japan has always been this homogenous culture, unlike the U.S. Mm -hmm. And this type of thinking really wouldn't be surprising. Which connects back to what I was saying. You know, the second councilwoman, she was like... Well, let's just welcome them in here, you know, like do whatever they want. And maybe that was a commentary on how laissez-faire the government had been. I mean, back then Japan was experiencing this economic boom to, and we'll see this in a future Godzilla movie, but they were polluting uh, their environment to like disastrous results. Let's transition into our awards. What award would you give to the coolest character, Alex? Dude, it's Glenn. I mean... What else is there to say? It's Glenn. He's just such an interesting character from him not being a womanizer as he's at first portrayed to being the most developed character in the series that I think we've seen. I mean, we've gotten more subtlety from someone like Dr. Sirizawa Mm -hmm. and a lot of the characters from the original movie. But this is like, this guy really has some depth to him and his arc just takes some interesting turns that, you know, I'm like, I like this guy more and more yeah. as I'm watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I would argue that Akira Takarada, his character in Mothra versus Godzilla has more development, but I see your point. It's a good one. Which, by the way, shout out shout out to Akira Takarada, who's appearing in his third Godzilla film already here in Invasion. So shout out to him. Yeah, he, he's on a hot yeah. streak, isn't he? <laughs> um, but of course you'd go with an American Alex. That makes sense. But I'll go with the American's lover. Yeah, I'll go with the American's alien lover, Miss Namakawa. Uh-huh. Um, at first, I thought she was going to really betray <laughs> Glenn and that she really wasn't feeling anything towards him. And in a sense, she does betray him. But there's also a genuine emotion towards him. And the letter she leaves him, it's a little cliche, yes, but it's also touching. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I thought the same thing. I was just waiting for her to betray him. And she's got some depth, mm-hmm. too. And that depth gets her disintegrated so maybe she had it coming i don't know yeah (laughs) the next award i don't think i don't think being destroyed because you show emotions has it coming alex but all right we'll move on i don't don't know (laughs) death penalty exists for a reason okay (laughs) 
the, mo- <laughs> the most memorable line award. My most memorable line. I was going to give something. Um, I was going to choose something from the Zillion language, but I couldn't quite figure out how to translate. So <laughs> there is that moment when when the controller reveals himself, you know, um, and he has like a growl in that Zillion language. I was like, that is a pretty menacing moment. But for, <laughs> yeah. for my most memorable line, um, I'll go with the line that happened right before that. It was from Fuji as they leave the planet X for the first time. Completely just innocently, he says, We're glad we can make a new space, friends. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh, dude. Like, that was the most, that. so that's the most ridiculous line of all time. I like the fact that he said he had to make new yeah. space friends. Like, he already had <laughs> right, old space exactly. friends. Exactly. Like, I just have a whole bunch of space <laughs> friends, and I'm glad I can make some new ones. <laughs> Of course, you know, we haven't seen Mysterion, so maybe he's in that movie and he has a whole bunch of space for him. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Alex? What was your most memorable line? So this one's maybe cheating, and I, I know you uh, caught this yeah. one, but it has to be the moment where Tetsuo, the inventor, is talking to his girlfriend about how her brother, which is Fuji, disapproves of him and and all of his inventions that he makes. And how his brother would, quote, flip if he saw him now. And then it cuts to that upside down shot of Fuji and Glenn in space. It's so perfect. And it really showcases Honda's yeah, humor. Yeah, Honda does that type of thing. Like, that's that's one of the ways he brings humor to these films is through his editing. So I appreciated that moment, too. It, it made me laugh. What about the Can't Believe That Acting Award? What'd you say, Alec? Dude, just in general, Glenn, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, somebody somebody has a man crush. <laughs> uh, I'm a Glenn Stan. <laughs> I would defend him until the end yeah, of time. Okay. But no, like here it is. This is a guy speaking English the entire mm-hmm. movie, being yeah. dubbed over, talking to everyone while they speak Japanese, and he's still acting well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty impressive. He's the only person in the film speaking English the entire time. <laughs> It's pretty funny. And it's pretty funny in the American release. He's the only one speaking English. And then everyone else is being yeah, dubbed. I, the entire time. I, I, I noticed that too. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, for me, the can't believe that acting award goes the first goes to the first time we see the zillions being destroyed by the frequency of that toy's sound wave. And you get those two card those two guards run in and it's it's actually pretty horrifying. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, that is messed up. And then we get the close up of the guy's face with his tongue <laughs> wagging all over the place, and I'm like, he's really having a seizure right now. I was laughing so hard. I was laughing so hard, and I even got Cece. I was like, Cece, look, These, look <laughs> she just started. We've dying. mentioned this before. These movies are not like friendly to people who struggle with seizures. I really don't think they are. No, no. Next award, the Standout Effect Award. This one didn't have any, uh, there weren't any monster effects that really we haven't seen before. So I went with something different. I went with the P1 rocket when it touches down um, both on the planet and back on Earth. It felt directly something that we've seen today with Elon Musk and SpaceX. Like I was like, we just saw that happen. Like a couple months ago, I watched Elon Musk land his you know uh land three rockets at the same time using the same techniques the p1 rocket was using i'm sure (laughs) it was the exact same thing 
it's science fiction becoming science fact, and now it's clear that Elon Musk loves Godzilla. Absolutely, we should invite him on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sure. He... Yeah, I'll, I'll send him an invite on Twitter. We'll see how that goes. What about you? What was your standout effect? So this effect really impressed me. So when the Zillions land right before pulling Godzilla and Rodan from their slumbers, they're landing on that beach on that shore, mm-hmm. right in front of a large group of people, and they land there, and it looks real. Like, I mean, not the ship. We already talked about how that looks like plastic. <laughs> but the the ship landing there in front of everybody, it looks yeah. like a giant plastic ship is landing in front mm-hmm. of everybody. <laughs> it looks really good. I, I was pretty I was pretty <laughs> surprised by it. Like, like, it doesn't look like green screen. I, it looks I like even a tell. I was big old plastic it. ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the ship looks bad, but the effect looks great. <laughs> and, you know, the runner-up to that, and I'm sure you caught this, mm-hmm. is when the P-1 lands on Planet X for the first time, mm-hmm. and they both have to descend on that elevator oh, yeah. Yeah. individually, <laughs> and they just, they're clearly just dolls. Oh, they're yeah. clearly just dolls hanging up, <laughs> and it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> you know what else is good, Alex? The theometer. Welcome back. To the Theometer, boys and girls. <laughs> Welcome back, boys and girls, to the Theometer. You know what we're watching this we, week, Theo? What? We are watching Invasion of Astro Monster. You ready for the clip? Uh-huh. All right. Let's take a look. Describe what you see. Okay. Well, I see a freehead dude. What just oh. happened there? Oh, man. Godzilla just really pushed him down. He did a flying leap. Yeah. Where's that guy going? He's like going to the moon. He's going to the moon? <laughs> to his ninja skills. Ninja skills? Uh-huh. He's jumping and dancing. Yeah. It's kind of like ninja skills. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Ghidorah there? Was Ghidorah scary? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Pretty scary? Yeah. <laughs> kind of? Mm-hmm. I've got another question for you, Theo. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how scary would you say Rodan is? None. None scary? Yeah. On a scale of... That means one. None means one? Yeah. I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head with Rodan there. You know what? I think that wraps up this week. Yeah. This has been the... The Theometer. Theometer. All right. There's the theometer. (laughs) Certainly has a way with words. With words. Indeed. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So last week, Alex, in our rating and rankings... I gave my lowest score so far to Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Um, Two and a half stars is what I gave it. This week, I'm going to be a little bit more generous. A little bit more generous. I give an extra half star to Invasion of the Astro Monster. Uh, (laughs) Extra half star. Yeah, an extra half star. Look, I will say, though, here's the thing. Don't don't get upset yet. So it's three stars. Three stars. But I will rank it higher than my other three-star Godzilla film, Godzilla Raids Again. In general, in short, this film was bonkers, right? (laughs) It was bonkers throughout the entire thing. It was an entertaining ride that I did enjoy. But when it came to thinking about the film afterwards, which I personally find important, there wasn't much there for me. There are elements that I like. They're right there on the surface, but they don't go much further, unfortunately. So for me, this is a three-star. It's the fourth of the six on my list at this point. What about you, Alex? Once again, completely wrong. <laughs> but 
I think this movie is deeper than you do. Mm-hmm. But for me, this one's right up there with King Kong versus Godzilla. But it's not quite as good. But it's almost up there. Like, I, I mean, it's kind of funny. Before we started doing this, I never thought that Kong versus Zilla yeah. is, would be the bar <laughs> that I'm measuring every Godzilla movie. It's so good, right? dude. I mean, yeah. <laughs> The, the the first move the first film is at the top where I know nothing else is going to touch it and that's fine, but King Kong versus Godzilla is the set, is like the bar that's like surprisingly like right below it, <laughs> especially for this and like series this era of films right they all have a similar sun kind of like half serious half joking tone, um and King Kong versus Godzilla sets the bar I think you're right yeah it really does but I can't believe that that's the bar now but. This one's sci-fi, which, you know, I love that. And it re- it has a reliance completely on the human story. Mm-hmm. And it drives the movie to a point where I feel like Honda's really kind of flexing his storytelling muscles. Like, yeah, this isn't, I think Citizen Kane's a bad reference because I don't like Citizen Kane as much with people. But this isn't this isn't The Godfather, right? <laughs> but it's, a, it's an interesting story. It's got a whole bunch of creative things that he clearly had his hands in. And I had fun the whole way through. It never felt like it dragged. And we have actual main characters and that are more fleshed out than we've se- seen mostly before. And not only that, the humans win this film without Godzilla's help, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, they figured out the Zillion plan and they figured out two solutions to beat them and wiped them out. Those magnets, man. What can you say about those magnets? <laughs> I, I like that he made them appear so people could see oh, them. Yeah. That was pretty cool. <laughs> true, true. The, the sci-fi elements really elevate this one for me. So I'm going to have to give it, and I almost gave it a 4.5. And then I realized I was being ridiculous. <laughs> I gave it a 4 out of 5. <laughs> 4 out of 5. It's the third. Yeah, it's, which means. It's the third on your ranking scale, though. So now it's third. It's right behind Kong. Okay, so it's Godzilla, mm-hmm. King Kong. And then Astro Monster, and then the rest of them. When we're coming, but, yeah. when we're coming up with our definitive ranking of monster versus man, putting it together, I think I can, I think I can get on board. Even though I do like Mothra versus Godzilla, and to me, that's that's the third do. on my list at this point. So it'll be hard to topple that, but we'll we'll hash that out, and we'll also hash out Citizen Kane later because we need to talk about Citizen Kane. But Alex, what are we watching? What are we what are we watching next week? And what are we going to be asking? Next week we're going to be watching Ibera Terror of the Deep. And we'll be asking the question, how does Godzilla survive going low budget? I nice. didn't know if you knew this, Eric, but we after Astro Monster, budgets for Godzilla films really take a hit. And Honda leaves. He comes back and Three movies. So after Ebro, we get Son of Godzilla, and he comes back for Destroy All Monsters, which nice. a lot of people put it as their favorite. Yeah. I didn't realize that these films were high budget, so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're all low budget, right? But yeah. they re- they take like a television budget from I here on out. They get a television director, and the whole reason they picked him and gave him a low budget was because they expected that. From, they expected, oh, well, you know how to make something with a low budget. Here, we'll throw you a feature-length movie with a television budget. Nice. And that's what he has to do with the next two films. Well, I'm looking forward to a new monster for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get Ibra, the least interesting monster ever made. 
<laughs> this one's going to be rough, but I, you know, I want to ask you, Eric. Okay, uh-huh. so we're we're what five movies in now, mm-hmm. six movies in. Yeah. What do you think of the Godzilla films so far? I'm enjoying the ride. Absolutely. I I mean, I think some are better than others. I've enjoyed obviously. Like my, there's a big difference between my top three of the six that we've watched so far. There's a big difference between my top three and my bottom three. The top three, I'd watch again, any of them, tomorrow. The bottom three, I'll have to save for another marathon sometime, right? Oh, <laughs> like, man. But but I've, I've really I've enjoyed them so far. Um, I enjoy getting to talk about them afterwards with you. Um, and honestly... What I'm looking forward to is hearing from our audience, hearing from our community, um, and just seeing what they think both about the films and about the episodes and about the discussions that we're having. So if you want to contact us, email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. You can follow us at Twitter at mvm underscore pod. We've got a Facebook page, Monsters vs. Men Podcast. You can even fo- follow our personal letterbox pages, which is just a social media for film nerds at Al, Al Cornette and at Mr. Neely. But Alex, you know what our audience needs to do until next week? Try, Try to, to stay, stay alive. alive. You screwed that one up on purpose. <laughs> no, you totally did. Try to stay alive. God, I'm gonna start over. What are, what are we? <laughs> I feel what like are we I'm watching the zillion next week? at the. <laughs> I feel like I'm the zillion at the end of the movie, just flicking my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm doing it while I'm trying to talk. <laughs> There's your content for the end of this one. All right. <laughs>